we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 21st, 2014. And uh, this is going to be more the, uh, going to switch over to some health questions, health corner, uh, that I'd gotten from some uh, listeners recently. And um, the first one's on a, on a subject I've talked about before, but I wanted to re-clarify some things and some information, some information I have found out as well, which has a big bearing, and that's vitamin D3. And I had a, a listener, uh, Linda, send me a letter about <clears throat> that her MD, they, they checked her... Um, her, basically her vitamin D levels in her body. And we'll get into that a little bit later. There's a test you can get done. And um, they came back low. They recommended that, you know, this 50,000 international unit um, synthetic D2 uh, supplement. Sometimes they give injections. I mean, the thing you have to understand is... I love using the medical profession for things where they can check something, like x-rays or things of this nature. MRIs are great. Um, you know, an x-ray for a broken bone, an MRI for a disc. Uh, um, okay, check your D3 levels. Get, get you know, uh, see if you're anemic. See if your uric acid's high for gout. I mean, stuff like that. They're great at diagnosis. But where a lot of times they typically fall on their face is the treatment. Because the treatment is either usually going to involve a drug or surgery. You cannot drug your body into good health. And for surgeries, I mean, yeah, I guess if the problem's got bad enough and you have no other choice, but you really can't surgery yourself into good health either. Case in point, like gallbladder, you know, they act like it's some vestigial organ that you don't need, when in fact it stores bile, which is essential for fat digestion which is also essential for your detoxification pathways, maintaining. It's also essential for um, maintaining the proper, um, uh, it lubricates the intestines, which helps with constipation. Uh, there's a lot of things bile is very important for, and um, uh, if you don't have a gallbladder to store it, to secrete when you eat fatty foods, you're going to have all kind of fat digestion issues, and... It, it, it leads to a cascade of other things. It, it affects your hormones. It affects detoxification pathways. But they just rather cut it out. And, I mean, like the practice that I was first in when we were back in Fort Myers, Florida, I mean, we were turning two to three people away every day. Uh, we had so much business. We were the number one standard process practice in the state of Florida. And um, me and a guy named Paul Finucan. And... Uh, I mean, we were just mobbed with business. And because we got, we were getting really good results. I mean, I give the Lord Jesus Christ all the credit, but we were getting really good results. And one of the main things we saw were gallbladder cases. And I don't remember one case that ever came to us that ever had to actually get the surgery. A lot of them were scheduled for the surgeries. And they would cancel within two to three days. Typically, once implementing the, uh, sometimes a week, once they've implemented the, the protocol. So that's just an example. And, and you know, with um, vitamin D, you have to understand, you go to an MD, all you're going to get is either a drug or, in this case, a synthetic vitamin. So my response to her was, I received your letter. 
the, the 50,000 international unit, or IU, of vitamin D they're wanting to prescribe you. Prescribe is also another way you can say it's RX, you know. Um, in my opinion, this is very unwise. Number one, this is a, this is a synthetic vitamin D2. Now, D3, the active form of D3 in the body, but a D2, which is not near as good. It's, it's like a... It's just not the active form. It's not the form you want to be consuming. So, the number one, um, this is a synthetic D2, and it's essentially like a vitamin drug. Well, that's the case for basically every vitamin you're going to go buy in a health food store or wherever you, you get it. Walmart, drugstores. And a real easy way to tell is if you go and you buy something and there's all these gigantically huge, nice, neat numbers. Okay? By that I mean, okay, 5,000 um, micrograms of B12. That would never occur like that in nature, typically. Okay? In other words, the way God would put it would be in like an uneven, typical number. And when you start to see these gigantic numbers on a multivitamin label, or really any label, you can almost assure yourself that that is a synthetic product made in a laboratory, you know, and basically what these vitamin companies do is they call up the, the, the chemical manufacturers that make these things, like Hoffman LaRoche, that make like their B vitamins out of coal tar, and they order 50-gallon drums, and they blend these synthetic chemicals, pseudo-vitamins, that are not the same as in nature, they're not the same way it would occur in an orange or in a green leafy vegetable. They are a chemical made in a laboratory. They have even a different, um, oh, it, they're, they're totally different. They're a drug. And sometimes you can get, and many times you might get a short-term effect from them like you would a drug, but ultimately you, end, you can end up doing more damage from synthetic vitamins and there's been studies out on certain synthetic vitamins that they actually do damage, like ascorbic acid. And ascorbic acid meaning synthetic, what they would term as synthetic vitamin C and um, synthetic vitamin A. And they can point back to those and say, see these vitamins, it's all garbage. Well, you know what? Your body has to have these things, and it's had to have them ever since Adam and Eve. And God put them in the food. And that's how we, we typically get them. In vitamin D's case, you actually make it in the skin from sunlight. Um, it's one of the few vitamins you actually can manufacture in the body when sunlight um, hits the skin. So, there's all kind of unique ways God has designed these things to get in our bodies. But what he never did is he never created chemically synthetic compounds that are totally different than the way they occur in nature and concentrate them into vitamin pills and have people take them. Okay? Uh, remember, they are trying to kill us a thousand ways, <laughs> a thousand different ways, at least. Probably ten thousand. And this is one more way that they're actually trying to take us out. is through synthetic vitamins. Now, just so you know, and I'm not going to go over this, in this PDF, which is a 43-page PDF for this audio, starting, let's see here, starting on page, um, and this will, okay, starting on page, it's going to be 32, it looks like. There is a report, 
entitled Synthetic versus Truly Natural Supplements. What kind of nutritional supplements are people taking? And this explains to you some specific examples of what I just said. And, um, like this, for instance, thiamine mononitrate, for example, is B1, okay, the B vitamin complex, is a molecule derived from coal tar and is labeled as vitamin B1 in nearly all popular B-complex supplements. This factor has been directly linked to a 78% reduction in sperm count among American males from 1938 to 1990, those who would take this. Now remember, they fortify this stuff in like breakfast cereals and a lot of fortified bread. Anything that says fortified, what they've done is they've basically destroyed it, like with uh, Wonder Bread, Rot's Bodies, 13 different ways or whatever it is. And they basically take all of the good stuff out of the bread. I don't, I don't go in for this, that there's this big thing saying bread's evil and everybody has all these gluten intolerances. It's what they've done to the wheat. It is, it, was, it, was it evil in Jesus' day? Because I can't find a Bible verse in the Bible that doesn't speak of bread in a positive context. I mean, Jesus talks about the bread of life. You know, how that relates to him, himself. You know, and the word of God. And, and you know, it's always in a... I, I will not buy into this stuff. Bread is, is evil. Okay, maybe modern day bread that has been grown out of nutrient pesticide-ridden, fungicide-laden, depleted soils, and then they take all of the natural uh, vitamin E and B-complex factors out of the bread during the milling, and then they might bleach it, which um, is a chemical, um, it produces a chemical called alaxin, which destroys the islets of Langerhans in your pancreas, or also known as the beta cells, which is what secretes insulin, so it's deadly for, it causes diabetes, yeah, that type of bread is really bad. And, and, and now they're doing all this stuff with the Monsanto uh, Roundup where they're spraying the wheat uh, early so that they can get the crop to market quicker because they know they'll get a better price if they can get it in early. Okay, And what that's doing is, is it's wreaking havoc with all the, the gluten in the bread, which is, okay, essentially, I think, yes, modern-day gluten is bad. But if we could have a truly organically grown bread and it had all the cofactors in there that would normally occur in bread, it's one of the best things you can put in your body. But we don't get that. We don't even get near that. So you have to kind of preface what you're looking at here. But in this particular case, vitamin B1 was linked, and there's a, there's a link to this, um, was, was linked to a 78% reduction in sperm count uh, among American males from 1938 to 1990. Their analysis of data collected from 1938 to 1990 indicates that sperm densities of the United States have exhibited an, am, an annual decrease of 1.5 million sperm per milliliter of collected sample, or about 1.5% year. That is from the National Institutes of Health. But I bet you've never heard that. That's one B vitamin. One synthetic B vitamin that they will typically spray back on to a host of, quote, fortified things, or you would get in a mega dose in a B complex vitamin from your standard, in a lot of health food stores, they, they sell this stuff too. It's incredibly hard to find vitamins that are literally derived from foods.
Okay, it's not easy. There, there, are coming. Companies are coming around, and I'm going to get into that more later. But it's not that easy. And so there's just one thing. Now, do you think that might have anything or play any part in the whole depopulation agenda? The first uh, commandment of the Georgia Guidestones: reduce world population to 500 million, which is like you know. 90 to 95% reduction? Hmm. I wonder if a 78% reduction in sperm count among American males from 1938 to 1990 would have anything to do with that. Well, I think it would. Um, But then also, white bleach flour has more than 30 known nutrients removed with four synthetically added back in. This enrichment of flour began in 1939 when, by law, the FDA required the addition of a few synthetic factors. Okay, these are B1, the one we just mentioned, riboflavin, nicotinic acid, which is B3, and iron. So, again, excess thiamine mononitrate consumption also mimics most signs and symptoms of hyperthyroid disorder. Hyperthyroid disorder. Um, The synthetic version of thiamine differs from a food source of vitamin B1, or thiamine, uh, in whole wheat in the following ways. Number one, thiamine mononitrate, or B1, contains none of the cofactors necessary for the B1 to be utilized by the body. See, God put all these cofactors with the things in the food in order for you to utilize it. If you just isolate it, chemically synthesize it, take it out of that environment, and put it in your body, it's like a drug. It doesn't have all the necessary cofactors to process it. Vitamins analyzed in food are always found in combination with numerous enzymes, coenzymes, trace minerals, and other activators that are necessary for the vitamin to be utilized. This is how God intended man to get vitamins and minerals. You you can't mess with God. You cannot improve upon the way God packaged things. You might be able to improve the food and make grow them in better soil, But ultimately, he is the one that laid this foundation, this groundwork, and he did it right the first time. The the, the paragraph I just read is probably the most important thing I'm going to say in this whole part, okay? If you just get one concept, that is the concept. And I've I've known about this for probably a good 20 years at this point, and have been, I don't know, uh, I don't know if you want to say screaming about this for a long time because the vast majority of vitamin and supplement companies still do not get this. But the thing is, is it's much more, it costs much more money to process or to make a food state vitamin. Okay? One that is derived from food. It's much more expensive. There's much more. You, you don't, I mean, if you have synthetic chemicals and 50 gallon drums, you don't really have to worry so much about like storage conditions and if you, you gotta keep them up, you know, like, okay, well, um, are they gonna go back? See, this is a big reason they, the excuses they, that they took a lot of these things out, like when they processed the bread and they took all of the things out of the bread because they said, well, it'll go rancid quicker. Because there's fat-soluble vitamins in there, and the fat will go rancid. So let's just take them all out, and we'll just give you the shell of a product, and we'll call it bread, but it's not really bread. So a lot of times, yes, it's more expensive, it's more of a hassle for the company to do it right, and and that's why there's very few that do it. Because I've known people in the supplement industry, I knew a guy, uh, one time I talked to him on the phone, 
uh, and he was he was putting out this really 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 high end high quality shark cartilage, and he told me he said something to the effect of like that I don't know if he had um, I don't know family members that were in like organized crime or the mafia something to that effect, and he said listen I've been around that crowd I know what that's all about I've I've, I've grew up in that he said. And then I got into the supplement business, and I only thought I knew how corrupt organized crime was. That's what he told me. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's that bad maybe now. This was only probably like 10 years ago. But he said it was that bad as far as the scams that go on. The mislabeling, the just you don't really know what you're getting, the, you know, all of the ways that they trick people. So... um Anyway, let me. I'm just going to go over this one thing, and then I'll get back to what I was talking about with the uh, with the vitamin D. The amount of thymine mononitrate or B1 found in synthetic B B complex supplements also is far more B1 than could ever be consumed in a food based diet. So, in other words, we think as Americans or as people around the world, we're conditioned to believe that more is better. Okay. But typically in nature, these things don't occur at huge levels in nature. Like, you're not going to go out into nature and, and, and um, find, like, the ultimate source of B-complex in some dark green leafy vegetable where you're going to get 5,000 micrograms or something of B1. It, just, it's, it will never happen. God doesn't do it that way. Okay? Example, the typical orange has about 5 milligrams of ascorbic acid. Okay, which would be a total joke according to like people like Linus Pauling or whoever you want to talk about where they where they'll tell you take the ascorbic acid which is also GMO unfortunately it's it's all genetically modified ascorbic acid unless it says differently. Okay? Take the ascorbic acid which is made from GMO corn. I got just gotten into this recently and take it to intestinal tolerance. You know what that means? That means you take it to the point where you start getting diarrhea because you're taking so much of it, the body's perceiving that it's literally like a poison, so it starts to create loose bowels or diarrhea in order to get rid of this toxin. And it really is a toxin. Scorbic acid in its isolated form is not anything you would ever consume or get in nature in a mega dose. Not only that, what you're going to get in nature, if it's from an orange, is going to be a natural version of it. An orange only has 5 milligrams of vitamin C. Of, of, I'm sorry, of ascorbic acid. What it does have is the vitamin C complex, which is totally different than ascorbic acid. But see, the FDA came along, and the pharmaceutical companies colluded with them, and they said, oh, you know what? We think this is the active component of vitamin C. Therefore, this is vitamin C. Well, that would be like taking, and you've heard me say this analogy many times, a steering wheel off a Cadillac and calling the steering wheel the Cadillac. No, it's part of the Cadillac, but it's not the whole Cadillac. I only recommend taking whole C-complex products that are literally food state or derived from a food, like the C400 from innate response formulas, or the or the um, C powder from innate response formulas. I think they're the best vitamin Cs on the planet. Totally food-derived. Um, that's the main thing I take for my immune system. And people say, no, you, you take only the silver. No, I take the silver maybe one or two times a week in a limited dosage, and that's for keeping candida levels down in the bloodstream and in the body. But 
really the, the silver is more for um, if you were to get like really fighting off something and you really needed that secondary immune system boost that it would give you, or if we got hit with something like one of these pandemics. But the C, things like vitamin C and selenium are more of an everyday thing you would do to keep your immune system at a high level all the time so you wouldn't even get sick. Um, So the ascorbic acid um, is such a scam. And and this, they've even done studies on ascorbic acid and proved that it actually causes genetic damage on a DNA level if taken all the time. And why? Well, it's a synthetic chemical made in a laboratory. And you're taking a mega dose of it. It's just like a drug. It's going to have a side effect. So, I mean, the authorities today, some of them advocate taking as much as 20,000 micrograms of ascorbic acid a day ongoing. How can this discrepancy be reconciled? Nowhere in the history of mankind has anyone ever consumed these kinds of concentrated, isolated, synthetic nutrients, not to mention in the sheer quantities that are being advocated. So, what I just read to you was a little taste of this um, document that I've added on to the PDF for the state. I've also emailed this out many times to my listeners when they email me. Um, but it's called Synthetic versus Truly Natural Supplements. What kind of nutritional supplements are people taking? And that is going to be the whole last uh, mm, about 12, 13 pages of the PDF. So I wanted just to kind of give you a little bit of of background there on the whole synthetic versus natural. Now, let's go back to the vitamin D question. And um, we'll get into that. Because that, obviously, the synthetic versus natural heavily relates to the vitamin D question. So, uh, my my response to my listener, um, Linda, uh, going back to this, okay. Okay. Vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. This is another crucial thing. What are the fat-soluble vitamins? Vitamins A, D, E, and K. Okay, these are fat-soluble. All the other vitamins that we could mention, okay, like the B vitamins we just talked about, or vitamin C, these are water-soluble. Um, meaning they can pass out of your system much quicker. Okay, fat-soluble are not the case. Fat-soluble, if you take too much... Um, it can build up in your system rather quickly and cause all kind of problems. So, for instance, like, I remember when I was back in college and there was this big lot on vitamin A and I was taking, like, quite a bit of synthetic vitamin A because I hadn't figured this all out yet. And I was getting the worst joint pains you could imagine in my, I think it was in my elbows and stuff. And I mean, the problem was, is once you quit it, it still took a while to get out of your body. And I learned the, the hard way on synthetic, fat-soluble vitamins that you do not want to take too much. The highest vitamin D I even have is 5,000, and it's a D3, not a D2. And it's from a food source. So your body is going to assimilate it much better. It's not going to have that toxicity that the, that the synthetic D2 will have. And um, you're not going to have to run into all of these massive side effects that you could potentially run into. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Um, because this is, really, this is really like an updated addendum to, to the, um, the studies I've done on D3. Now, um, let's go further. 
what you need is a vitamin D3, the active form of vitamin D in our body, in a food-based form. This is almost impossible to find, though. Only one company I know of makes this for vitamin D. Okay, there, Maybe there's more, but I only know of one company that does it for vitamin D. And that's innate response formulas, which is one of the professional lines I've carried for years. Um, if you're really low in vitamin D, you know, I would recommend doing the D3 5000 IU from innate. You take, maybe start out with two per day for two to three weeks, and then just take one per day as a maintenance. You know, get your levels checked in a couple months. Um, you will not need as much of this natural vitamin D as you would a synthetic vitamin D2. See, you're only going to convert on the D2 a certain percentage of the synthetic into anything usable. So, in other words, you've got to take a whole lot more of the D2 because a lot of it you're not even going to... It's just like calcium carbonate, which is oyster shell, or, or um, dolomite, also known as dolomite. Ground-up rocks, essentially, which is what most supplement companies, particularly like Geritol or Centrum or whatever... It's what they put in their products. This is why there's a huge problem in, uh, and has been for years in the porta potty industry, uh, particularly when all of these vitamins were only available in a tableted form, where they would have literally in porta potties with the screens that they have in there, um, they would find hundreds of these vitamin pills literally in the sc- in the filters or the screens of these porta potties, and. Some places uh, where they had these porta had literal mountains of vitamin pills out back because they were literally passing through your body undigested. Now, today, maybe they've got gels and things. I would almost think you're, you're, you'd be better off <laughs> having them pass through your body because it's a synthetic concoction of, of, of things that is not even good for you. Calcium carbonate, for instance, or oyster shell or dolomite, uh, it takes 13 steps in the body to convert to use, usable calcium in the bloodstream, which is called calcium bicarbonate. Okay, 13 steps, that's a lot of effort on your body's part in order to get that to something it can even use. And by the time it gets to that 13th step, the amount you started with and end up converting is far different. In other words, you're not going to get a whole lot out of it. And it depletes your body having to go through all these steps. I mean, your body's trying to convert rocks into something usable. And so they, that type of calcium can build up in the kidneys and in the arteries, causing placking, kidneys causing kidney stones, arthritis in the joints. So it can have a lot of side effects. You need a lot of things to absorb calcium properly. Okay, you need things like um, boron. You need the vitamin D3. You need magnesium. You need phosphorus. Um, those are some of the big ones. That, that you really need to process calcium. So, I rarely give just straight, like, I have the one standard process has called calcium lactate, which only takes, I think, one one step to convert to calcium bicarbonate in the system. Um, I typically don't go around even prescribing that one, though, that much. If, if you're already doing a lot of other stuff, it's fine. But if you were just going to take calcium to the exclusion and not have any of the other cofactors in there, I'm not real wild about that. Uh, not not something I'm super wild about. So um, there's just certain things you have to bear in mind when you're taking supplements. 
okay, and taking anything isolated apart from a lot of the other cofactors that it would need to work is typically not a very good idea unless you're on a really good, like, let's say, food state multivitamin, which can compensate for a lot of other weak links. In other words, a lot of the cofactors might be in that multivitamin. If you're, if you're eating a good diet, the problem with the diets are is that the soils are depleted. And, and even organic soils, you know, a lot of times aren't that great. I mean, they may be organic, they may be pesticide, herbicide, fungicide free, but the, the, they may not be putting the stuff back in the soil to get all of the, because if it's not in the soil, how does the plant get it? How does the plant get it into the fruit? Or into the vegetable that it's trying to make? Which is where you would ultimately get it. So if the soils are depleted, then that's another huge problem. So, I would say, like, if, you, if your D levels were low, you had gotten the, the, the test, um, the D3, 5,000 international unit from an 8 response formulas, um, two per day for two to three weeks, and then one per day as maintenance. You may not need as much, no, you, you will not need as much of this natural D3 as you would a synthetic D2, as the natural D3 will be assimilated much better and will be totally safe, unlike a synthetic 50,000 international D2 product. That's just new. I do not advocate that. And you're going to see later some testimonials on why I do not advocate especially fat-soluble vitamins at high dosages. You, there, it's That's risky. Um, now, I have talked about vitamin D3 in these teachings I've posted below. I give you the three links to three different teachings where I actually talked about it. Uh, and uh, you'll see it in the table of contents. And um, I might have played this video in a previous... I'm just going to play this one video. It's called the Vitamin D Cure, just to kind of give us a little bit of background, a little bit more background on vitamin D. Vitamin D is really not your typical vitamin. Uh, vitamin D is a hormone. It has the power of a hormone which is to regulate the creative and developmental process that's going on in our body as we're growing up. Is vitamin D uh, a treatment for something? It helps prevent diabetes, heart disease, cancer, arthritis, and more. Now, it is not the only factor in that. It is one of the factors, okay? So, I don't use it like where I get fixated on one vitamin saying, this is the panacea, this is all you need to do. No, it is one thing, and, and, it, is, and it is a hormone. It's a, it's a vitamin, a fat-soluble vitamin, but it's also like a hormone in the body. It's, it's pretty amazing. Um, so just kind of, you know, bear all that in mind. Or is it really preventing things? And, and the, the answer is really prevention. The word cure, everybody argues about whether things are cures or not cures. What we would like people to understand is that if you normalize your vitamin D through what we know normalizes vitamin D. Now, this is an MD talking. So understand, even though he's he's coming from um, a health nutritional standpoint mindset, he may not be, he's probably has no clue about the difference between a synthetic D2 and a food state D3. Uh, most of them don't because they're they're totally geared. They totally have a drug mindset. That's the way that they're schooled. It's not really their fault. It's the way they're schooled. Now, if he's broken out of that paradigm, that would be great. But I've just found very few that are. In other words, the MDs I have ever met that are into, let's say, quote, alternative health, 
still have not even got to the point at all where they're understanding, okay, what's the difference between synthetic versus food, natural food state, vitamins? I would imagine increasingly there are more of them, but they are rare still. Vitamin D, perhaps some targeted supplementation, but really lifestyle change that you really can prevent a lot of diseases. And in, this, in essence, you are curing those diseases because you're never going to have them. Probably 90% of our vitamin D comes from sun exposure. We, we probably got some vitamin D more historically than we do today from food because we ate different foods. Our activity level, our sun exposure, and our diet have dramatically changed over the last several thousand years. And, and that that really is what explains why our vitamin D levels are so low and why our whole diet is so out of balance. The foods that are most important um, uh, in this, this vitamin D cure program are, are, are simply vegetables, okay? If you were to just take a simple st step back and look, what is it we're not getting enough of that helps vitamin D levels go up, helps vitamin D work better, helps balance this acid-base equation we talk about in the book, um, uh, it's green leafy vegetables. I, I am a proponent of vitamin D supplementation because I think you can customize it to the individual. Okay, so although he said green leafy vegetables with the vitamin D, now he's going to say I'm a proponent of vitamin D supplementation. Now, understand, even though he was on the right track with the green leafy vegetables, he's going to have no clue about the synthetic versus natural vitamin Ds that are available. That's the point I was trying to make about, like, with an MD that's in an alternative health, most likely falling short because they're just not educated about that. And, and there's a lot of people in alternative health, even chiropractors and things of this nature, that aren't educated on it either. Um, uh, and their blood level uh, and their lifestyle. Uh, and it ensures uh, that they're going to get enough vitamin D uh, on a daily basis because the foods we eat just don't have a lot of vitamin D in it. They're important for other reasons uh, in our diet, um, but they don't have a lot of vitamin, vitamin D per se in them. Milk does not naturally come with vitamin D. Uh, cows don't put it in there. See, it's fortified. And it's, it's another product that is fortified that we, we're exposed to quite a bit. Uh, milk, okay? It's not a... The, the, the D they put in there is not a good form of vitamin D. Okay? You don't want to try to get your vitamins from eating fortified foods. That is a real bad way of going about it because those are synthetic... And ultimately, I just gave you the statistic on what B1 has done to the sperm count levels from like the 1930 on to men. So I really believe that each one of these synthetic vitamins that the government has mass produced or, or the government has commissioned and then these mass ConAgra type food companies have put in foods over the years, there's a specific uh, malevolent intention with each one of these synthetic chemicals knowing that they're trying to kill us. Eight ways to Sunday, okay? Well, that would be part of the plan. And to come out for them looking, um, smelling like a rose. See, we, we did this for your benefit. We did this because we care so much about the population. We gave you these vitamins. When what they gave us was a counterfeit. We believe all dairy products have vitamin D in them. And in fact, milk is the only one that's required to be fortified with vitamin D. And cheese and these other dairy Remember products. Remember he just said fortified. You don't want fortified vitamins. They're all synthetic. Products actually have little or no vitamin D in them. And because vitamin D is so tightly associated with so many diseases high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, arthritis, autoimmune diseases, cancer, that really we need to take full advantage of 
understanding its role by measuring it in everybody and measuring it with some regularity. It is a blood test, and, and that's actually a good thing because so many things in, in healthcare are things that, well, you can't really measure it and the tests aren't that good. They're, they're, it's a blood test like measuring your cholesterol or, or checking your blood pressure. So it's a, it's a definable thing that you can go to your doctor's office, order a test, and get a result back and know whether you are deficient or not. I believe that vitamin D deficiency is a more important problem for for children and pregnant women than it is for older older adults. When children have low vitamin D levels, you're handicapping them for really a lifetime uh, as far as their health goes. Um, without an adequate amount of vitamin D, uh, they don't make strong enough bones and they don't make healthy teeth. And those weak bones are carried forward not just into childhood, later childhood, but into adult life. And that Okay, rickets being like the most extreme example of a vitamin D, um, you know, uh, deficiency. You've got, which you don't see that as much, you know, anymore, but, I mean, it is it is one of those things that, that can, um, uh, that vitamin D deficiency specifically causes. So, uh, again, um, looking at um, just a brief example of rickets, a defective mineralization of the bones before the epiphyseal closure of immature mammals due to Deficiency or impaired metabolism of vitamin D, phosphorus, or calcium. Particularly, usually with rickets, it's vitamin D. Now, remember, in order for the vitamin D to work, though, there has to be other things present for it to work. And the, if we were just to go by this particular medical doctor, okay, what he's saying, in this little video, we're not hearing anything about the other cofactors that are needed in order for the vitamin D to work which are, uh, I would say, equally as important, because if you have certain things that are needed and they're not provided, then you're, going, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain. That's probably true for autoimmune diseases. That may be true for some of our risk for cancer, um, obesity, diabetes. All of these diseases, when our body is developing, not just as a child, but in utero, when we're in the womb, when we're in our mother's womb, vitamin D is influencing the processes at that early uh, uh, in our lives um, and the impact we will see later in life. The intention in, in writing the book was to bring to raise the level of awareness about the importance of vitamin D. And this book is, is all... So, he, anyway, he wrote a book on this, but I wouldn't advise the book because what I'm telling you today is going to be all you really need to know. And again, he's coming from a medical mindset. He's, I, I don't think he's really going to be emphasizing the other cofactors, that, which is that medical mindset where it's like, no, this is what we need. No, what about all the other things that God would naturally put with the D in order for it to be needed or to be utilized in the body. This is where you typically fall short. So, um, let's go further. Vitamin D, the importance in the prevention of cancers, type 1 diabetes, heart disease, osteoporosis, and autoimmune diseases. Um, purpose of this review is to put into perspective the many health benefits of D and the role of D deficiency um, in increasing risk of many common and serious diseases. Um, numerous epidemics Epidemiologic studies suggest that exposure to sunlight, which enhances the production of D3, D3, the active form of D in the skin, is important in preventing many chronic diseases. Now, ultimately, that's the best way to get it. Okay, Sunlight exposure. This is why this time of year, many people um, are not getting near enough vitamin D produced. 
and um, it can have a, a tremendous effect. I really believe that combined with um, the less sunlight, which also fit, affects the pineal gland and melatonin production, which causes the whole sad seasonal affective disorder that a lot of times you'll see where in areas where um, like it's dark all through the winter or darker, uh, the further up you go north, you're, 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 but you're also getting less vitamin D production. Remember, D is a hormone as well. So for some people, it has a tremendous impact on their mood, the vitamin D. And not everybody it doesn't really do that with me. But with my daughter, it's gigantic. So everybody's different, okay, and how they react to D. Um, I personally don't feel like I have a huge issue with vitamin D and um, assimilation, and I don't feel like I need a ton of it. I feel like I need a lot more vitamin C, for me personally. But for my daughter, she really needs a lot of the D. That seems to be a really big factor. The best way to do it is, is through um, sun exposure. Even the sun just hitting your arms, you know. Um, also, and I, I really hadn't emphasized this enough before, from what I'm seeing now also, um, not wearing sunglasses can be a huge factor. Uh, what that also does is help regulate sleep cycles. But the sun, when it's hitting like the retina and the eyeball and the optic nerve, and I don't mean staring into the sun, I mean just natural sun rays, the, the sun rays that, 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 you know, God made the sun, and those sun rays are actually very, very important for triggering a lot of different um, biochemical processes in the body. It also does have, does have things to do with vitamin D production and assimilation, I've found. So not wearing sunglasses, also if, if um, you're trying to regulate sleep cycles, that's very important um, for if you if you find that you're not going to sleep soon enough, or, or if you're wanting to stay up later and later and later, get take your sunglasses off. Just wear wear if you wear glasses like regular glasses, just wear them. I know it's it's going to be more uncomfortable, um, but the health benefits are huge on that alone. That's one thing you can do. Um, uh, that type of, of, of uh, thing is, is very important to keep in mind. So let's go further here. Uh, because very few, but you're, you're not going to get the D production during the winter, no matter really what you do. I mean, it, it's not going to be near as what it would be um, during the summer. The, the sun's at, at a more direct, uh, more direct in the sky. The, the rays aren't as indirect as they are in the winter. Um, the sun's up for a lot longer. The rays are more intense. And so this is the time of year that, that typically you're going to get low in D if there is any time. It's going to be now when the days are at their shortest. Obviously, we just went through um, Yule or the summer or the winter solstice, which was, I guess, you know, around now. And the first day of winter. And so shortest uh, day of the year, least amount of sunlight. So it's kind of peak time for that. Um because very few foods naturally contain vitamin D, sunlight supplies most of our vitamin D requirement. 25-hydroxyvitamin D, or 25-OHD, is the metabolite that should be measured in the blood to determine vitamin D status. So again, I have no problem you getting someone getting their vitamin D status and see where they're at. The problem is the solution you're going to get from a medical professional 
is going to be a synthetic D2 product, and it's going to be at a massive dosage. And a lot of people, that well, that's just not the way to go. It's not the way God intended it. It's not the route we should go down. Vitamin D deficiency can be prevalent in infants who are solely breastfed, and that's if their mothers are low on the vitamin D. If they're not low on the vitamin D, I'm sure they'll probably be getting plenty. It's the way God designed it. And also in adults of all ages who have increased skin pigmentation or who also wear, um, well, let's talk about that. So the black races particularly have a harder time assimilating this because they have more like built-in like skin protection, more, more pigmentation. So it's harder for them to produce the vitamin D in the skin than somebody that would be more fair-skinned. Uh, so they have to work harder at it. And I think that's why some um, uh, people that are, are obviously darker skin have more bone density problems because they, they uh, of the vitamin lack of vitamin D production, which has to do with strong bones, among other things. Also, people who wear... Um, a lot of sun protection, and meaning sun's been demonized. You have to understand anything that that the world, that the supposed health authorities are demonizing, it's usually the exact opposite of what they're saying. Oh no, like when they first came out, like with margarine all those years ago. No, no, eat margarine, margarine. Don't eat butter. It's saturated fat and all that. Oh, it's just terrible. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's it's vital. There's a lot of things, especially in like raw butter, that are unbelievably good for your body. And they don't cause placking of the arteries. That's garbage. What will cause placking is something like a partially hydrogenated fat, like margarine, which is a chemical, again, a chemical manufactured in a laboratory, literally is one molecule away from being a hard plastic. That's why they call it partially hydrogenated. They hydrogenate this fat, because it's partially hydrogenated, it can be spreadable, nice and creamy. If it was fully hydrogenated, it would be a hard plastic. And that builds up in your arteries. See, we're just lied to at every turn. And people have been going along with these lies for decades, and this is a big reason why we have the the cancer rates and the, and, and the uh, heart attack rates due to the placking of the arteries and, you know, gumming up your system and gumming up your liver. So, those are all things that are... That are um, so this stuff about wearing sun protection, it, okay, so let's talk about that. Well, I know, but I'm prone to skin cancer. Okay, like I said, you got to have sunlight on the skin to in order to manufacture the vitamin D in your body, okay? Now, this is a little bit more of a complex subject, but if you have somebody that is... Um, Obviously, wearing all the sun protection, they're wearing the hats, they're, they're covering up their arms, they're, they're slathering on the sunscreen, which actually is one of the worst things you can possibly do because of all the chemicals, because you're totally shutting off all vitamin D production. All of that is by design. But I also understand you could have somebody that is prone to, let's say, skin cancer, this type of thing. But you have to understand, health comes from the inside out, not the outside in. It's not what protection you're wearing. It's not that the sun is this devil in the sky that is out to get you. That's not it at all. What is your problem is that you do not have the internal things inside your body to garner the protection that your skin should have against skin cancer. Okay, What do I mean by that? Well, there's a lot of different things you need for 
healthy skin that is not prone to cancer. Now, I wrote a whole newsletter on this, or put a whole newsletter together. And um, uh, it's called The Keys to Healthy Youthful Skin, The Truth About Sunscreens. And so, this is something I really don't have time to really get in today. Uh, the three most important nutrient factors that relate to the integrity of the skin are calcium, vitamin D, and omega-3 fatty acids. Okay? I would also add into that a very good antioxidant. Okay? Um, because that's the one thing that's really lacking in those three things that I just mentioned. Um, Omega-3 fatty acids, probably the best one for skin integrity would be something like a flaxseed oil, okay? Um, probably the best one that you're going to find in the health food store is Barleen's. It's in a black bottle. It's airtight. Don't ever open it and refrigerate it. Flaxseed oil is incredibly volatile, and that's why I don't mess around with it very much. I generally... Um, I have a product called Line B6, and they're in she- uh, sealed gel perils so that the no oxygen can get to it. It's very, very susceptible to oxi- um, oxygen degradation, flax oil. And so don't ever buy, like, go in there and buy, like, ground-up flax that's been sitting at room temperature. It's, it's rancid, okay? You don't want to put that stuff on your body. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't put any, I wouldn't, um, by any kind of liquid flax oil that's not been refrigerated. Um, Barleen's is probably the best at a health food store. But you, you want to make sure that you keep it refrigerated. And, you know, I don't know, tablespoon a day. Um, that is very, very good for your skin. You need to have these essential fatty acids for protection from things um, that could crop up in the skin. The vitamin D is another thing, but you can actually literally make that with sunlight or you can supplement. And then calcium. Calcium is also also important. Um, let's just go a little bit further here. Okay, I'm going to read this. This is um, actually something that it's from a manual for uh, standard process. See, I learned a lot of my knowledge about supplements from just studying the Standard Process product line. The guy that developed it was a dentist, Dr. Royal Lee. Back in 1929, he came out with his first product, Catalan, which was like, he hoped to be the only product he ever had to make. And um, it was just a multivitamin type thing. And then he started seeing all these other things start cropping up with his patients in his dentistry practice, and then he came out with, like, Biodent, which is the supplement for the teeth. Had a lot of listeners order that one. It's really good for the teeth and for the bones and, and that type of thing. And then he ultimately ended up just coming out with more and more and more products until what we have today. He, he died back in, like, 1969, but they, they did keep making some different new products, and they have kept that to this day. But it's basically a thousand-acre ranch in Palmyra, Wisconsin, that has their own organic farm, and they do everything right, and they grow their own um, plants and vegetables, and, and, and do all of the things to preserve the soil and, and the integrity, and, and, and um, uh, making sure that none of the cofactors are being destroyed, and they have their own processing plant. They do everything from basically, you know, growing it in the ground to the final bottling, tabling, and none of it's done outside. And so, that's one of the main, probably my main product line I've used 
I've used for years. Well, this is a this is actually a commentary from um, their their discussion on uh, vitamin D and how these things relate to the skin. So I really need to read this because it is pertinent for this subject. So this is from a guy named John Courtney, evidently worked within Standard Process. He says the ultraviolet rays from the sun convert skin oil to vitamin D. Um, which is true. Too much vitamin D is called hypervitaminosis D. Okay, meaning if you went out and you got a massive amount of sun, you got burned, and you your body just produced this gigantic amount of vitamin D. Okay, uh, actually, it's not that it's too much vitamin D, but a deficiency of vitamin F or the omega three fatty acids. Uh, really, the the there, there's there's different parts of the omega-3 fatty acids. There's EPA, there's DHA, which is more you're going to get from fish oils. That's not the same as the, as the omega-3 component of, of a flaxseed oil. It's a different component. Um, linoleic acid, I think. Anyway, um, vitamin D is its antagonist. Meaning, in the body, and here's another thing most people don't understand. In the body... You have different things that kind of keep other vitamins in check. Okay? Um, what are some examples of, of that? Uh, okay, so in the body, you've got vitamin F, these F factors, this, this linoleic uh, acid, okay, that you would get some from like flaxseed oil, will actually keep vitamin D levels in check. They counterbalance one another in the body. Okay? Calcium and phosphorus compete in the bloodstream. So what ends up happening is if you're taking a massive amount of calcium, and particularly if it's a poor form, your body's trying to keep up with all of this, and, it's, and if you do not have enough phosphorus in the system, you're going to end up getting a buildup of calcium throughout the body. Sometimes it'll manifest as kidney stones. Sometimes it'll manifest as plaquing of the arteries. Sometimes it's arthritis. You, you heard me mention that. That could just be that you're low in phosphorus. And so it's important to have a balance of everything. This is how I try to approach everything, even in the ministry. Let's have biblical balance when we talk about scripture. Let's not just isolate one verse to the exclusion of the rest of the Bible. Let's do the same thing with nutrients. Because everything is like a symphony in the body. You have to have different cofactors to balance out other different cofactors. And in this particular case, we're, we're talking about how vitamin F, which is this omega-3 essential fatty acid, particularly the best form would be from flaxseed oil, would keep in check or balance out vitamin D, okay? And vitamin D3 if we're talking about what's produced in the skin from, like, sun exposure. So, vitamin D picks up calcium from the gut or the intestines, and it puts it into the blood, okay? So, here's the deal. If you went out, do you ever notice if you ever got like a sunburn and you feel really sluggish afterward? Well, the reason you're feeling that way is because you produced a massive amount of vitamin D in the body. It took all this calcium out of the soft tissue and put it into um, the gut or the intestines, okay? And then it gets into the blood. The blood becomes thickened. Okay, this is what causes sunstrokes, where you have somebody, their blood gets so thick from all the D and all the calcium in the blood that you can literally pass out. 
The, the remedy for that, and what I'll do, like I did this a lot more back in Florida, if I knew I was going to go out and really it was going to be a really hot day, I took Cataplex F, which is by standard process. And it's like a flax, it's like a flax based, um, tablet that, um, you would take and before, in this particular case, before you went out and, and we're gonna get, like, I don't know, be out in the sun or if it was gonna be really hot outside. And what it would do is keep the blood thin. It would not, it would not let the blood thicken so much up with calcium and vitamin D because of the sun exposure. And it gave you, and it, it would end up giving you a lot more endurance because of that. So, I'm just trying to give you a little background there. So, um, whereas vitamin F, and we're referring to vitamin F as this omega-3 fatty acid, particularly the linoleic, I think you do, you get from uh, flax. Uh, it takes the um, the calcium from the blood and puts it into the, into the tissues or the skin. Okay, so see, they counterbalance one another. That's how it works in life. Suppose you get a whole bunch of D and no F. Your blood calcium will increase at the expense of the tissue calcium level. Because D not only picks up calcium from the gut in a deficiency of F, it also brings calcium from the tissues back into the blood. That's why farmers and other people who are in the sun a lot get thick skin if they don't get enough vitamin F. See, vitamin F would be essential for you to prevent skin cancer. Okay? Um, and um, that's, that's, it's just, that's a, that's a counterbalancing measure. Okay? Um, people like that also get hives. Tend to get hives if you're low in F. Okay, so, I'm sorry, I had to pause there. Uh, they get hives, they get sunstroke. Sunstroke involves too high blood calcium levels with low calcium, with low tissue calcium levels. Um, as I say, it's not so much a matter of too much vitamin D as a lack of vitamin F, which is the essential, omega-3 essential fatty acids, particularly the best form is flax. Um, uh, excessive vitamin D from extreme exposure to the sun is known to cause skin cancer. For example, farmers who are out in the sun all day long, every day, have a much higher incidence of skin cancer than people who aren't in the sun as much. You might have read the articles that say you should stay out of the sun, that sunshine is hazardous to the health. Well, it's only dangerous to people who are deficient in vitamin F. The flax. Okay. And again, the kind that I typically prescribe for men is the Cataplex F tablets by standard process. And for women, I typically prescribed Linum B6. That's that's in mine. I'm not saying you have to go with my brand. I'm just saying that's the professional line that, that I use. Um, beyond that, the only thing I would probably say is the Barleens in the, in the health food store, in the black bottle. Always keep refrigerated. It's just very volatile oil. Um, let's go further there. Um, vitamin F also delivers calcium into the, into the tissues in skin from the blood. What does this do? Without this mechanism working properly, there's tissue calcium starvation and resulting in itching of the skin. So if you have somebody that's skin itches a lot, okay, um, it says look out. They need Cataplex F or the flax and calcium lactate. Now these are the standard process products. Good form of calcium, and I don't mean you know, obviously I don't mean uh, calcium carbonate, you know. Um, Cataplex F and calcium lactate, if you have somebody that has a lot of itching skin. 
And so these are just a couple things to, to, to think about in, in, in signs. Uh, hives that people get from being out in the sun a lot uh, and a lot of big welts that form around the tender parts of the body. This is a symptom of tissue calcium deficiency. If you give these people cataplex F or the, this vitamin F, this flax, the calcium that is already in their blood is then delivered into the tissues and the welts will clear up. Canker sores that develop on in the inside of the mouth also relate to kiss tissue calcium starvation. Okay, so canker sores, tissue calcium starvation. Canker sores are caused, um, they're saying by a, um, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that, a herpes simplex virus. But once you have the virus, you will have it for the rest of your life. If your, tish, if your tissue calcium stays sufficiently high, the virus never forms the canker sores. It is not such a bad thing to have them because they reveal your, your tissue calcium need. So it doesn't, you, you might have enough calcium, you just might not have the F factor. Okay. In other words, you might, might not have the, the calcium is what actually will help prevent it, but you gotta get the calcium to the target tissue. And the train which that runs is the vitamin F, okay? And the F and the D keep each other counterbalanced. They keep each other in check. So those are just a couple things there regarding skin. And um, um, that was kind of pertinent to this discussion about vitamin D. Now, let's go back to the main study here. Now, in this main report, they're saying that vitamin D deficiency is often misdiagnosed as fibromyalgia as well. Now, I'm not saying that that's the sole cause of fibromyalgia. I do think in a certain number of cases it, it could be that, though. So that's something to also think about. Studies in both human and animal models add strength to this hypothesis that unrecognized epidemic of a vitamin D deficiency worldwide is a contributing factor of many chronic debilitating diseases. Greater awareness of this insidious consequence of vitamin D deficiency is needed. Uh, annual measurement of serum 25-OHD, which is the, the test for vitamin D, is a reasonable approach to monitoring for vitamin D deficiency. The recommended adequate intakes for vitamin D are inadequate, and the absence of exposure to sunlight, which would produce a minimum of 1,000 international units of vitamin D3, is then required to maintain a healthy concentration of this 25-OHD3 in the bloodstream, this metabolite they measure, that measures your vitamin D levels. So, um, you want to, if you were getting it from sunlight, you would want to make sure your body was producing a thousand international units per day. And obviously, there's no way you can know that. Um, but if you had your levels checked, it would give you a pretty good indicator of, of if you're producing enough. Okay, so, that being said, okay, um, I'm actually even going to modify this document a little bit more. There are other things also that vitamin D is dependent upon to work. Now, we've seen how this vitamin F factor with, the, with this omega-3 fatty acid with the flaxseed oil counterbalances the vitamin D3 in the body. But there are also other, co there are also other vitamins, and, miner and a mineral in particular, that vitamin D3 has to have to work in the body. Not just to counterbalance it, but to work. So, if you opt for a supplement, be sure to take a vitamin D3 and not a vitamin D2. That's number one. And take 
the vitamin K and, and taking vitamin K and magnesium in conjunction with it is also essential. Now, the, the vi- vitamin D3 by innate has the vitamin K1 and K2 in it. Those are really, really hard factors to find in a lot of different supplements. Um, vitamin D3 is dependent upon vitamin K, upon magnesium, and also vitamin A in order to work in the body. If you are deficient in any one of those, you're not going to, the the vitamin D3 is not going to work that well. Because again, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your chain. Now, I know this is getting complicated. I'm going to try to simplify it, though, um, as we go on, to make this a little more simple for us to understand here. Okay, I wish it wasn't so complicated, but our bodies are complicated. The the interplay between vitamins and minerals and things of this nature is is not a simple discussion. And so I kind of have to address all of this at once. Uh, vitamin D3 is fat-soluble, so taking some form of healthy fat with it will also help optimize absorption. Um, the biological role of vitamin K is to help move calcium into the proper areas in your body. And without sufficient amounts, calcium may build up in areas such as your arteries and soft tissues. In other words, if you've got a whole bunch of D3, and it's taken the, the vitamin D, it's taken the calcium out of your, your tissues, and it's putting them, let's say, back into the bloodstream, if you do not have enough K, if you do not have enough of that F factor, what ends up happening is that it can cause kidney stones. It can cause plaque into the arteries because the calcium has to be deposited some way. That's why I'm not a big advocate on just, oh yeah, just take a calcium supplement by itself. Not if you don't have all the other cofactors. That could literally kill you eventually. Or cause kidney stones. I mean, kill you by plaquing up your arteries. I'm not saying it's the only thing that could do it, but it definitely could contribute or cause arthritis. Calcification of, of, you know, organ systems. Let's go further. So the biological role of vitamin K is to help move calcium into the proper areas in your body, and without sufficient amounts, calcium may build up in areas such as your arteries and soft tissues. This can cause calcification that leads to hardening of your arteries, a side effect previously thought to be caused by vitamin D toxicity. Uh, we now know that inappropriate cal- calcifications actually do more to a lack of vitamin K2, vitamin K2, than simply too much D. Well, they don't even know about the vitamin F that I just told you about, the flax component. They're not even mentioning that here. So, like, there's a lot of times I'll read a, an article and it's like, oh, but there's this glaring hole that they're not even getting into. So I'm trying to give you the full kit and caboodle today, so to speak. Magnesium is also important, both for proper function of calcium and for the activity of vitamin D as it converts vitamin D into its active form. It it takes it from a D2 to a D3. Magnesium also activates enzyme activity that helps your body use the vitamin D. In fact, all enzymes that metabolize vitamin D require magnesium to work. Magnesium is responsible for like hundreds of enzyme pathways in the body or, or helping those work. As with vitamin D and K, magnesium deficiency is also common, and if you're lacking in magnesium and taking a supplemental calcium, you may exacerbate the situation. So imagine 
the typical person's like deficient in like tons of stuff. They're low magnesium. They're they're not getting any they're not getting any of the omega three like from flax, and they they're not getting any vitamin K because they're not eating green leafy vegetables. Okay, and then they decide to take a calcium supplement. Well, you might as well just like put a gun to your head because eventually you're going to have a lot of bad stuff happen in the body. You're going to get arthritic. You're going to get plaqued up. You're going to get kidney stones. Or you, you may only get one. You may only get a couple. But the calcium's got to go somewhere. Then if you're taking a, a poorly formed, a, a poorly absorbable calcium, then that's really going to have a tendency to build up in the soft tissues. So... <laughs> Uh, it's it's a real it's very very important that this is understood. Now, the best I started thinking about this. I said, okay, this is going to get way too complicated to get into in a study. I said, is there one supplement I could kind of think of where you're kind of getting a little bit of everything in one supplement? These other cofactors that were mentioned, okay, um, the magnesium. Um, Okay, yeah, the vitamin K. Okay, what about vitamin A? We haven't even got into that one yet. Okay, um, the best one I could come up with where you're covering kind of the most amount of bases is um, the chlorophyll complex by standard process. Now, this is a special product, and standard process is the only company I know of on earth that makes it. I'm not saying you couldn't get this from green leafy vegetables if you were eating a lot of like organic green leafy vegetables, that you couldn't get these cofactors. It's just that this is an oil-soluble chlorophyll. I don't know of anybody else that makes it. It's extremely hard to make. From what I've heard from Standard Process, it's like, there's like two supplements that the people that work at the Standard Process factory dread making, and this is one of them. Because it's oil-soluble, it stains everything, and this is like they get most of their calls uh, for people calling in sick on, on the days that they process the chlorophyll at the standard process factory in Parmeyer, Wisconsin. And um, the chlorophyll is, this is like a really, really amazing product. Um, the, the chlorophyll you're going to get in a health food store is water-soluble. It goes right through you. It turns your stools dark green, typically, what you'll notice if you've ever taken chlorophyll. Because, why? Because the body's excreting and it's not even absorbing what you're doing. This does not do that. Your body absorbs every bit of this stuff. And I'm just, I'm going to read you a little bit about the chlorophyll complex. Now, it's a fat-soluble organic chlorophyll. It builds your blood. It builds up your red blood cells. Um, it's a source of vitamin K for the formation of prothrombin for, prothrombin for blood clotting. It is a source of fat-soluble vitamins, both A, K, E, and F. Remember what I said about F? Okay? They coined that term, standard process, F. These F factors. Well, think about it. I haven't even gotten into vitamin A yet, but we know that vitamin D has to have vitamin A, and we'll get into that in a second. It has to have vitamin K, and it has to have the F factors. It's got all those in one capsule. It's also kind of like a multivitamin because it's just got so much stuff in it. It's a mineral source of, guess what, magnesium. So, what was the other thing that we needed for vitamin D absorption? Magnesium. Okay, so basically, you're getting every single thing you need in one gel peril. That's what they call them, perils. 
Um, you're getting everything that you would need for the D to work in one gel peril with the chlorophyll. If you're taking vitamin D in, in particular. It's also a source of iron, potassium, trace minerals, plus lecithin. It works in blood purification. It supports your liver. It's incredible for internal bleeding. I've literally had patients. I had a, um, oh, a dear Christian lady down in, when I was living in Fort Myers. And she called me up one night. And she said, I don't know what happened, but I am passing copious amounts of blood um, in my stool, essentially. And it's like, I mean, it was like to the point of, okay, you really should go to a hospital type of deal. And she said, do you have anything that could maybe help this? I said, yes, I know of something. I said, I can't guarantee you it's going to work. But I ran it over to her that night. And I had her probably do, like, I don't even know. Probably had her do like 10 and 10. Can't hurt yourself with this stuff. It's 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 a basically a food-based product. And literally by the next morning, she called me up and she said all the bleeding stopped. It is incredible for internal bleeding issues. Um, it does have to do with the K and the clotting factors, but it's very, very, very healing. It will heal um, um, bleeding ulcers in the stomach. Uh, best thing I know for that. But with that, you, you want to make sure that you've... Um, puncture the, the the gel peril and and um the problem is you run into that and then it gets really messy but you want to make sure it gets into the stomach where it can actually contact the bleeding ulcer and if you just swallow it it might actually get into your system pretty far before it actually opens up so um unbelievable for that it's for anything with with bleeding loss of blood it's also very very good for fertility and reproduction why well it's a source, a natural source of A, D, E, and F. Okay, or I'm sorry, A, K, E, and F. These are fat-soluble vitamins, and fat-soluble vitamins are essential in hormonal production, okay, in the body. So um, it's very, very important for that. And so if you had somebody with low, low um, red blood cell count, this is the best product I probably know of. Well, that and a good iron supplement, you'd want to add that in. The best iron supplement I've got, and this stuff is amazing, is called uh, Iron Response, and that's by Innate Response Formula. It's, it's a literally a food state iron. And so if you had somebody with low red blood cell count, um, poor blood quality, you do Iron Response and Chlorophyll Complex by Standard Process. I don't know what better thing you can do. Now, Blackstrap Molasses... Um, and I would try to get organic. Organic blackstrap molasses is also a really good source of, um, like, organic iron. Uh, um, but, you know, might be taste prohibitive, and it's messy, um, uh, you know. But it, it, that, that is definitely a, a, a really good source there. Um, it's listed for GI tract ulcers, colitis, um, liver disorders, fat-soluble vitamin deficiency. You're covering a lot of, of things. I have it here listed for ileocecal valve problems. When we were in practice, we had um, picked up a lot of ileocecal valve problems. Ileocecal valve is the valve that connects the large and the small intestine. And a lot of times it would get like kind of like stuck in the open position. We had ways of checking it. And um, that's where the appendix is at as well. And the chlorophyll complex was really, really, really good at calming down a hot ileocecal valve, which would cause a lot of pain. It's also listed for kidney stones. 
because calcium oxalate, um, you have to have the vitamin K to what they call carboxylate calcium to prevent stone formation. So if you have somebody with chronically reoccurring kidney stones, most likely they're low. I know, I mean, I can give you a protocol to get rid of the kidney stones. Um, it's basically taking magnesium, um, 300 by an 8, phosphate, uh, liquid by standard process, and uh, Arginex by standard process. That'll, that'll knock out. I've, I've, I think I've seen it maybe not work once in like the 20 years I've been in practice. And, and maybe once, maybe. I mean, it basically works just like every time for kidney stones. And, um, but if you, if you continually got that, you would really want to look at vitamin K. Because you probably don't have enough. And, and the chlorophyll complex is a great source of vitamin K. Um, also, you need vitamin K for osteocalcin production, which is for a strong bone matrix. So it'd also be listed for osteoporosis prevention, the vitamin K, which is very, very... And you, you need that to process the vitamin D. So like I said, all the cofactors, essentially, that you would need to process the vitamin D is in the chlorophyll complex. I have also found that with this chlorophyll complex, it's like an antioxidant, okay? Remember what I said that, that was the one thing that they were kind of lacking when what they said about the three things you need for skin are um, you know, vitamin D and calcium and these F factors. Well, you need your, you need your fat-soluble vitamins, okay? Um, but you also need antioxidants. Why do I say that? When sunlight hits your skin and let's say you get any type of burning at all, you're producing free radicals in the skin. You're, you're, it's damage. Okay? That's why you get burned. Okay? Um, the free radicals need to be quenched. And how do we quench free radicals? We quench them with antioxidants. Okay? Green leafy vegetables are high in antioxidants. Well, this is what this is. This is like a concentrated, supercharged version of chlorophyll of, from a green leafy vegetable. So let's let's look a little bit further. Um, chlorophyll is the essential is the essence of all life supporting nutritional pad, um, products on our planet, from oxygenation production to carbon dioxide consumption. I mean, the chlorophyll is what you know produces the oxygen and helps consume carbon dioxide. It's it's that. I mean, if we didn't have the plants and the chlorophyll action, we would all be dead. Is what it boils down to. Okay. Um, I understand there's other ways that, that oxygen's made and like the sea and stuff, but I'm saying just from a purely botanical standpoint, um, it's, it's dependent on that. Anyway, green plants, the, that's what makes a plant green. Just so you know, when you see the leaves green, it's chlorophyll. Okay? It's a pretty big deal to God. So, chlorophyll, it provides the life support pattern from oceans to the forest to the grasslands. Cooking green foods destroys the chlorophyll content. So you could say, well, I'm eating a lot of green leafy vegetables. Yes, but if you've cooked them, um, um, you've destroyed the chlorophyll content, most likely. I'm not saying there's no benefit, but it's not near as much. Okay, 99% um, of the chlorophyll supplements sold in the stores are water-soluble, thus void of any real nutrition. Fat-soluble chlorophyll contains vitamins A, E, F, and K. As... As a photoreactive substance, it generates um, 
chlorophyll and free radicals. I'm sorry, this is the entitled. As a photoreactive substance, it generates free radicals or electrons when reacting with light and creating oxygen. Free radicals are extremely destructive to the surrounding molecular structures. Therefore, nature impregnates chlorophyll with the anti-free radical factors to prevent the plant from destruction. This is God's way of preventing, this is God's way of protecting the leaf of the plant. Okay, God impregnates the chlorophyll with anti-free radical factors, these antioxidants, to prevent the plant from destruction. Okay, so you're getting your antioxidants in the chlorophyll as well, is what they're saying here. Chloroplasts, such as carotenes and vitamin K and vitamin A and E, and minerals, the magnesium and the iron, are there to prevent free radical damage. So, you're literally getting, if you were going to do vitamin D3, okay, and you were going to do one product in addition to make sure you had all the other cofactors present. Now, they're not going to be in a mega dosage. If you if you get a bottle of chlorophyll complex from me, and you look at the label, it's not going to hardly say anything on the RDA at all. These are, these are in trace amounts, but they're in the way that God intended them to be. You have to get out of the whole... Um, mega, more is better, I need tons of this in order to have any kind of effect. No, that's drugs. That's synthetic vitamins. That's how they're manufactured. This is the way God does it, though. The way God does it, you don't need mega dosages of things. But what you're going to get is going to be so highly absorbable and in its natural form that, you know, that's the way to go about it. Uh, Beta-carotene is the form of vitamin A and chlorophyll, Okay. That's, beta-carotene is, is, is like an active form of vitamin A, okay? And it is the, perhaps the most powerful anti-free radical factor known. Many photosensitivities can be corrected by the beta-carotene of the chlorophyll. Um, that also goes to people with um, uh, bad night vision. A lot of times it's that they don't have enough beta-carotene. And this is probably the best way you're going to get beta-carotene. This stuff is amazing for if you're going to go out and you're, and you're going to be exposed to the sun and you wouldn't need any D3, you, but you know you're going to be exposed, you take this product before you go out, you already have those cofactors in place to protect your skin. Um, it's incredible for, for um, doing that. And see, you have to understand, if you're going out there and you're not taking uh, anything, and you're letting all of this damage happen to the skin. Let's say you get burned. There's there's no um, there's no antioxidants. There's no there's none of these other factors that are protecting your skin. Well, it's going to age you much quicker. Okay, this is an anti aging product as well. This is a beauty product. I guess you would you would want to say because it, it helps preserve your youthfulness because of all of these cofactors that I'm talking about and all of the free radical, the, the antioxidant components that are present in chlorophyll. It's literally what God puts in the plants to protect it from destruction of the sun. And it does something very similar in our own body if we've been exposed to the sun. I've been taking this stuff for years. And I, I mean, I got burned. I've been burned many, many, many times, sunlight-wise. I've taken this stuff for years, and I think had I not taken this stuff, I would probably look like, you know, a, an old man. And, I mean, according to my own daughter, I don't look like an old man, okay? And, and she says I look like I'm in my 30s or whatever, or my early 30s. 
and in I mean I'm like 45, so I really shouldn't look that way because I abused my skin quite a bit when I was younger, and um, before I found out this information. So it's, it's called you know I guess it's called damage control. You take this stuff and and, and it really it really helps to prevent um, or undo a lot of damage you might have done in the past. So. The straight carotene, such as found in carrots, can lead to hypervitamintosis A. Well, you have to eat a ton. Beta carotene and chlorophyll can never lead to a vitamin A toxicity. Um, that is why grazing animals never get too much vitamin A, even though they eat grass all day. This substance, because it's, it's, they're getting the beta carotene from the grass. Remember, grass is green. So they're getting the chlorophyll. So they don't ever have to worry about getting too much vitamin A. The substance has been cited for as a possible lung cancer protective factor by the British Medical Association. Chlorophyll complex perils is our fat-soluble chlorophyll product for internal use. It's made, they do make a cream too. It's just, it's very staining and it's incredibly healing to any kind of skin problem. But it's just very staining. So that's the thing you have to bear in mind about it. Oh man, I'm running out of time here. Um... It's made from alfalfa, buckwheat, pea vines, tillandsia, which is a Spanish moss, and um, it's an outstanding product with many uses. The only natural source of vitamin K that I know of because of its vitamin K content, chlorophyll perils are very helpful for people whose blood doesn't clot fast enough. Uh, the K involved in the production of fibrin also is important in the clotting mechanism. K supports also supports capillary integrity. In, in addition to the K, the chlorophyll perils contains all other known fat-soluble vitamins except vitamin D, which is good. We wouldn't want vitamin D in this product. You, you want to take it as something in conjunction with a vitamin D product, or if you, were, or if you knew you were going to go out and get a lot of sun exposure, you wouldn't want the D in there, because you're already going to be getting a ton from the sun exposure. So again, like I said about certain vitamins and minerals and, and things like that occur in nature... They counterbalance one another. This product is the ultimate counterbalancing product. And I don't mean counteracting. I mean counterbalancing in a good way to vitamin D3. This is the ultimate that I can find to make it as easy as possible. Um, it also has vitamin E, which are the sex hormone precursors, making the product viable in treating men and women with hormonal balance pro problems. The fat-soluble vitamins are involved in the production of the gastrointestinal mucous membrane, so that it is also important in the care of ulcer and colitis patients. Chlorophyll complex is helpful in the formation of hemoglobin, healthy blood. Here's the deal. Here's another really cool thing that's not even in here, I don't think. If you look in um, nature... Chlorophyll, if you look at a molecule of chlorophyll, it is essentially identical to a molecule of our hemoglobin. Now, what is chlorophyll? It's plant blood. What is, what is one of the main components of our blood? Hemoglobin. Okay? If you look at hemoglobin and chlorophyll on a molecular level, they're basically identical other than one thing. Chlorophyll in pl it has um, magnesium as its center molecule. Okay. Whereas if you look at hemoglobin, it's basically the same molecule, but it has iron in there. Heme means iron, hemoglobin. Okay. So that's the difference. So this plant blood actually helps to build our blood. 
But instead of, of, and you do get a little bit of iron in the chlorophyll, you're getting the magnesium, which is another component you have to have for the vitamin D, okay, uh, to work. So going further, fat-soluble vitamins are involved in the production, okay, I already said that. Uh, chlorophyll complex is also helpful in the formation of hemoglobin. The structure of the chlorophyll molecule is very close to the structure of the hemoglobin molecule, like I just said. While magnesium is, the pri- is primary in the chlorophyll molecule, Iron is primary in the hemoglobin. Sorry, that's basically what I just said. Other than that, the chlorophyll molecule and the hemoglobin molecule are almost identical. Finally, chlorophyll chlorophyll perils have a mild detoxifying effect in the gastrointestinal tract, particularly in cases of arthritis and arteriosclerosis. Chlorophyll has a neutralizing effect on a substance called guanidine, which you will recall is the toxin of constipation. Guanidine will cause constipation. If a doctor gives this product to a patient and there doesn't seem to be any improvement, it may be the patient isn't able to metabolize the fat-soluble factors of chlorophyll. Now, here's another deal. I I read this one story, uh, Mark Anderson, one of the main guys that I learned from in the past, and he said he had this patient come in and she had, like, night blindness. or And he gave her the chlorophyll because he knew the beta-carotene in the chlorophyll was going to help her night blindness. Well, it didn't help her. And she said... Not only did it help me, I, I couldn't, it, it upset my stomach. Okay, why would it upset your stomach? Because her gallbladder was so far gone that she couldn't even process any kind of good fats. This is a good fat. This is a fat-soluble plant matrix vitamin. Okay, so her her um, fat metabolism, her ability to di- digest fats was so messed up, she couldn't even digest the chlorophyll. So she wasn't getting any benefit from the fat-soluble vitamins, particularly the beta-carotene she needed for the night blindness. So what did he do? He gave her, in that particular case, I think he gave her AF-beta food, which is a a liver detox product, and got her liver back on track, then gave her the chlorophyll, then her night blindness cleared up. So you see, you could take something, and it could be the exact thing you need, but it doesn't work because you're not capable of, of processing it. For one reason or another. That's why, really, all health issues begin in the guts. That, that, in the gut. Meaning, that's why a lot of times I'll emphasize a good liver, gallbladder, flush, detox. Okay? And cleaning the colon out. Start there. That's the foundation. Okay? Then everything else that you're going to do is going to work way better. If you have a toxic, gummed-up system and a gummed-up liver, and your and your gallbladder's full of stones, and your liver and your and your um, intestinal tract is is has all kind of impacted fecal material, how is what you're taking going to really work well? It's got this gauntlet of garbage and yuckiness to try to get through, and it's not going to be able to work. So. Bear that in mind, I'm kind of like jumping ahead a little bit here and telling you about this. So if if you don't have those other things addressed first, liver, gallbladder, colon, bare minimum, okay, then a lot of this other stuff may not work that well. And so um, he, in this case, you can give colocol, which is a bile salt, which will literally digest the chlorophyll complex. But that wouldn't be a long-term solution, it would be a short-term solution. Ultimately, what you'd want to do is get the gallbladder liver working right, and um, uh, you can do the liver gallbladder flush. I like, I kind of prefer a little bit more, though, more of a long term, because Rome wasn't built in a day, and you do a liver gallbladder flush, and let's say you devote 
10 days to it. Let's say you go on the choline for two weeks, which is what I say is a bare minimum, break down gallstones, and then you do the liver gallbladder flush. If you've had a problem and it's been building for, let's say, two, three, four decades, you can't expect to reverse that in your body and produce a perfectly functioning liver gallbladder from one gallbladder flush. I kind of like more of a long-term approach. You do six choline a day, or about 2,000 milligrams of choline with a, a large bottle of AF-beta food. Now, granted, you can go and, and you can do other liver detoxes. I'm, not, I'm telling you my product line because that's what I know. It's what I've been trained. It's what I've been taught in. But I would say, if, if in other words, if you're going to go after liver, gallbladder, colon, give it a couple months, okay? Whatever you're going to do, it takes typically in the body about eight weeks to turn whole organ systems around, particularly if you've, if you've taken a lifetime to go in, in a negative direction. Okay, so I am totally out of time for all the thing. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end part three here, and um, uh, I'm going to I'm going to read I'm going to download everything I got, and then I'm going to start over on a fresh recorder, and and uh, come back to you, and, and we'll try to finish this study. So um, and kind of pick up where I left off. So God bless you, and we will see you, I guess, in part four.